Good morning. As is the custom of our church, let's stand and read the scripture for this morning. Then, should we all read together? Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent and thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth, and he was grieved in his heart. You may be seated. I'm going to tell you a few stories and get into that passage. These are true stories. Ramu was two years old when he was taken from my hometown railroad station and took him to New Delhi, our capital, about a thousand miles north. And there they chopped his hands off and they twisted his legs in a way that he was unable to use his limbs. Today, as the story begins there, he was 23 years old and he was sitting in downtown business district begging. Somebody went to Ramu and asked, Ramu, what's your story, Ramu? And Ramu says, first of all, Ramu was never asked that question before. And so he is kind of perplexed and then suddenly he looks up he said, I remember my father hugging me. Can you take me to my father? Leela is a scientist. Her husband, Ramesh, is a chemical engineer. They have two children studying in premium schools. Everything looked good outside. They hired a car, a nice house, and everything. And someone went to Leela and asked her story. Leela, what's your story? What's your story, Leela? And Leela said, it's all okay. She shrugged her shoulders and gave away something. And so said, this person said, Leela, what's your story? Come on, Leela, tell us. And Leela says, every night is a nightmare. When I come home, my husband comes drunk. Oh, Leela, I'm sure there is help for that. Yeah, but you know, so this person caught something and says, is there something more to that story, Leela? Tell us, what is it? And Leela says, no, I don't want to go there. Come on, Leela, tell us. She says, every night when my husband comes home, drunk, he beats me up. And she shows a blue-black bruise on her shoulder and behind a year. It's called domestic violence. She says, you know, I've been to this temple and that temple. I've offered this offering and that offering. I've went to this guru and that guru. And I'm convinced there is no power on this earth that could transform my husband. You know, in that state, there is a family pack suicide every uh, week. So she's saying, I'm considering a few uh, suicide pact with my family. Mumtaz is a devout Muslim. Her husband, Mujib, is a truck driver. Every time he leaves home, he leaves for about 25 days. He has one problem. He visits women. He has HIV. His wife, Mumtaz, 
has HIV. Someone went to Mumtaz and asked, Mumtaz, what's your story? Mumtaz says, if Allah would have mercy on me, if Allah would have mercy on my husband, if Allah would have mercy on my family, and at that time, her four-year-old daughter was chasing her two-year-old brother, sibling, in fun. They were, she says, look, 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 that's my four-year-old daughter. In 10 years, she'll be 14. At that age, she'll need her mother most. Who will be her mother when I'm gone? Who will wrestle with my son when I'm gone? If Allah would have mercy on me. Kamala is 14 years old and she comes from the lowest of the lowest of the lowest caste in India. We call them untouchables. At this point, she was working with a rich landlady, Zamandari. And she was helping the landlady in the kitchen with potato scallops dipped in batter in boiling oil. And Kamala made a small mistake, very small mistake. And something dropped on the floor. This landlady gets furious. She takes hot pad from the boiling oil and pours it on this girl. Today, Kamala is 40 years old. Somebody went to Kamala and said, Kamala, what's your story? What's your story, Kamala? Kamala says, where is God? If God is a good God, why does this happen to me? They said, God is light, but I can't see. In that tragic accident, she lost her sight. Lakshmi was 17 years old. Every day at 11 o'clock in the morning, she would take lunch boxes for her brother and her father working in the rice fields outside of Nellor. And one day, five guys came and abducted her and took her to a lonely place and raped her for a whole week. Then they take her to the city of Mumbai and sell her in a brothel. Somebody went to Lakshmi and asked Lakshmi, what's your story, Lakshmi? What's your story? Lakshmi said, I had a dream. My dream was to be married in an honorable family. I had a dream, she says. And at that time, her four-year-old, uh, sorry, a year and a half old son came crawling out from under the bed. And she said, look, 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 that's my son. I don't know who the father is. At best, I can guess. I had a dream. When you hear, I have many more stories. When you hear these stories, it's possible that you have two feelings in your mind or feelings in your heart. One, you feel you're far removed from the situation. And second, you really want to help, but you're far removed. And second, you're upset with the wickedness of man. When we read that scripture this morning, then the Lord saw the wickedness in man. Today, the world is filled with wicked people. 
And wickedness is not only when they do something wrong. It's when they thumb their nose to God. When they say, why God? You know, what will really break my heart is if my 33-year-old son would come to me and look eyeball to eyeball and say to me, I wish you are not my father. That would break my heart. If I, being evil, could feel that much about this son of mine saying that, he didn't, he won't, I know, he loves me. (laughs) But it would break my heart. Today, there are so many people thumbing their nose to God. They're walking away from God. They're in total rebellion with God. And yet the same God has created you and me with a passionate love. We're the object of God's love. He fearfully and wonderfully crafted us in our mother's womb. And he said, this is good. This is my boy. This is my son. He was so deeply in love with us. And when in the fullness of time, when you were born, God danced over and said, that's my boy. That's my girl. That's the passionate love of God, of how much he loves you and me. And can you imagine the very object that he created with much love is now walking away from God. And God is saying, come Come back to me. What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? You see, if you only understand the pain in God's heart when he sees mankind walking away, if you understand the broken heart of God. You see, this morning... I told you, my heart would be broken if my son said that. I wonder which parent here, which mother would like to see her son incarcerated and doing nefarious activity? Which father would like to see her daughter sleep with five, ten people a week? They would be broken in their heart. But there was a day if that same son, if that same daughter would change their lives and come back home, they'd say, my son that was lost has come back home. He wouldn't care what, she wouldn't care what her son had done. She would make a feast that day because her son has come home. He would make a feast for his daughter because the daughter has changed and come back home regardless of what has happened before. That's the father's heart. That's the mother's heart. Is somebody listening to me? If we as evil know how to feel the goodness of the coming back of our children, how much more God? How much more God? If we feel that pain a little bit here, how much infinitely would God be hurting in his heart to see his children walk away from God? This is about missions. That is what happened in book of Genesis. And God said, I'm going to do something. And in the fullness of time, Jesus came, God's only son who came as the first missionary to reconcile man 
with God. Now you must be wondering what happened to these stories I left you hanging. It is because of that. The response is in Luke chapter 15 verse 7. It says this. If one soul comes to heavens, thousands of angels are rejoicing. Thousands of angels. I'm wondering why would the angels rejoice? Why would the angels rejoice just because one soul came to heaven? Is that one more to the score? Is that why? I mean, we get so excited if Packers score a goal and we say, yeah, but that's for glory. But I don't believe the angels were rejoicing because there was one more soul coming. I think the angels were rejoicing because one more soul as it comes, it soothed God's heart. He would say, my son's coming home. I'm so overwhelmed with this happiness. My daughter's coming home. My daughter's coming home. That's why I'm in in missions. As soon as God saved me, I was down somewhere. Because if I bring one soul to the Lord, I bring, I comfort his heart because his son's coming home. His daughter's coming home. His son's coming home. His daughter's coming home. What about you? Do you even care about the people in Madison or in your neighborhood or your neighbor, whether they go to heaven or hell? Because the scripture says it's appointed for man to die once and then judgment. Is somebody listening to me? Do we even care? This is what missions is all about. They're coming in places that others wouldn't go or we wouldn't go. But they're going because they know God is hurting because he created you and me for one thing, relationship. He created you and me for a relationship. The scripture says man is the crown of all creation. We are the best thing created. And we were the last things to be created. Of course, the universe is still being created. That's different. I'm talking about on earth. Are you with me? Are you with me? Why is man so important to God? Because man has a soul and the soul never dies. Our soul is eternal. Question is, where do we go? Hell or heaven? You see, a soul is imperishable and it's important to God. Second, the human soul is so valuable because it's the breath of God. He breathed and we have the life of God. For every soul, number three, for every soul, there is a spiritual warfare. The devil is not interested in your dogs, cats, and cows, and goats, and buffaloes. He's interested in you and me. And he wants to frustrate God's plan of redemption. And so he takes his best creation 
away from God so that God can feel he, he's enjoying that. He wants to frustrate God. If we say, can we do, we say, God, break our heart, what breaks your heart? If that is true, have you even considered asking, what is breaking your heart, oh God? Have you even considered saying, what is my response to your broken heart? What is it about? Is it about, missions is not about spotlight. Missions is not about getting all the recognition and everything that you have. I've, I've saved 10,000 people or whatever. That's not what it is about. Missions is basically about responding to God's broken heart. Missions is all about that. And that is central in the entirety of God, uh, Jesus' life on planet Earth. He came and he talked about what is central in the gospel was about the kingdom of God. In my father's house, there's many rooms. There are many mansions. I go there to prepare for you. Is that the only reason he came? No, he came to reconcile man with God. Is somebody listening to me? Are you with me this morning? I haven't started preaching yet. I'm just bringing us close to this, this urgency. I'm, I'll come back to the stories in a minute. I am totally convinced that God is going to pour his spirit upon this whole earth. An outpouring of the Holy Spirit like which we have never seen before. And for what? So that we can see more healings and miracles? Or see people freed from their addictions? Is that the reason? Maybe. Maybe not. Anyway, the only reason why the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, is going to be poured out is because we are about to see the greatest harvest. Seeing miracles and those should already be happening now. You see, the disciples were already doing the miracles of God. They already were healing the sick. They already were delivering people from the demonic. And yet, in Acts 1.8, When he's just ascending, he tells his disciples, and when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, you shall be my witnesses. The spirit of boldness will come upon you. I believe the Holy Spirit, when it comes, it releases a holy boldness for us to be a witness. Witness here also means like being a representative being Christ to people. We, we said that. In, in, Chris was reading that. Being Christ to people. We are the living epistles. Is somebody listening to me? And when he said that, he said, you shall be what? My witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and uttermost parts of the earth. Let me qualify that. It's not one after the other. It's concurrently. If you read it in the exegetical way. And Jerusalem at that time was so hot and anti-Christ. 
I mean, even the symbol of the cross was dangerous, so they identified themselves by putting the sign of a fish. If you compare those times to now, it is possibly easier to preach in Tehran or Istanbul or in Mecca compared to speaking or being a witness in Jerusalem at that time. It was so anti. I said in the first service, you know, the, I can almost hear Peter saying, God, can we start from the uttermost part of the world and walk our, make our way back to Jerusalem? Some of you sit here and you don't like Madison. Madison is a crazy city surrounded by goodness. But inside it's terrible. We all have Many critical things to say to the city of Madison. But if you're a believer, you should ask God to give you a love for Madison. Because you can't reach people without loving them first. Because God so loved the world. It's not because God was upset. He loved the world and he says, that's why I'm sending my son. It's time to stop hating Madison, friends. You you need to have love for Madison. And without love for Madison, you cannot reach Madison. And that's why when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we are sufficient enough witnesses in the city and we will be bold enough to say who we are. To say, Jesus loves you. You see, God is readying us, and I'll come to that in a second. I'm just revamping all my notes and points separately for the second service. You see, that's why Jesus said, therefore. Therefore, what is the therefore? All power, which is in the heavenlies, I give to you. Therefore, I am always with you. Therefore, go and share your testimony. Here's my testimony in 30 seconds. My name is Sam. I met Jesus when I was smoking pot. He changed my life so much that the craving for drugs was no more. But that's not enough. This Jesus so loved me that he even showed me what heaven is about. And I'm, my home is in heaven. Do you know Jesus? 30 seconds. You don't need to have theology to go and be a witness. You don't need to go to Bible college. You don't even need to have apologetics. All you need is a testimony. That's what happened in the book of Acts. I don't know the father or the grandfather of this guy. But this I know I was blind and now I see. And the one that who gave me sight is Jesus Christ. That was the testimony. That was the testimony. And if I could share my testimony in 30 seconds. Or one, I have 30 second testimony, one minute testimony, three minute testimony and 30 minutes testimony. Depends upon the time I have with the people. All you have is 
is your testimony. And that testimony cannot be hidden. It has to be out there and share your testimony in 30 seconds if at all possible. Is somebody listening to me? All of you, at least I think all of you are, know Jesus. How many of you know Jesus? Then you have testimony. You have a testimony. Jesus met you. Yes or no? You have a story. And the story is true. You see, as a witness in any environment, nobody can refute that testimony because it's yours and it's personal and it's experiential. Amen. Amen. So, if that is true, what then is our church doing? What then are we doing with this testimony? You see, when it says, therefore, every single seat here is a missionary. Well, call it any name you want. You're a Christian. You're a believer. When you become a believer, you already signed up. You said, I am going to be a missionary. You are a missionary. As simple as that. Conventionally speaking, yes, I'm a conventional, traditional missionary because I chose to go. And by the way, I want to correct something. You say, I'm full-time ministry. Do you know you're also full-time Christian, not part-time? Are you with me? You're full-time Christian. You're not part-time here and part-time there, part-time in the bar and part-time in the church. Well, you can go to the bar if you want, but witness. Because Jesus went to the bars. Hello? Jesus went everywhere, and, and people even questioned him. What about you guys? Oh, if somebody saw me doing that, what will they think? Or we want to become politically correct. Are you with me? We'll say, oh, this is private. Religion is private. Who's talking about religion? We're talking about relationship. I want to talk to people about my relationship, not my religion. Are you with me? So what, where is the privacy about that? Have you ever noticed if one woman is engaged, she starts putting a finger like this. And then the whole Facebook is all plastered with that. (laughs) She's got a story. What about the ring that Jesus has put on your finger that you're saying you're my son who was lost has come back. What about that story? What about that story? You were once lost and he brought you back. All right. You want to see miracles, right? You want to see healings, right? So why do you come only just for those nights? Let me tell you what. You have the capacity to see healings come through your hands. The Spirit of God is so lavish that he pours in this church this morning. I feel there's an anointing coming because this this. Gifts of the Holy Spirit should be operative amongst us. 
Not on a Sunday morning or a special meeting or this meeting or that meeting. Your house is the place where miracles should happen because in the early church, from house to house, from house to house. Is somebody listening to me? Are you with me? Have you closed your house? Well, when was the last time a, a neighbor came into your house? Hello? When was the last time your coworker came to your house? When was the last time your boss came to visit you in your house? No, our house is open. Hey, this is one thing sad about America. I'm in the hallway. Oh, Sam, it's so nice to see you. We got to get together. Come on, let's go for lunch sometime. Uh, and I'm thinking, an Indian, when somebody says that to me, I'm thinking, they're serious. <laughs> Two weeks later, I've seen them in the same hallway. They just look, and they walk. <laughs> what about the invitation? <laughs> Come on, guys, just be real, would you? When you make an invitation, keep the invitation. Are you listening to me? When you invite your neighbor, make sure it's intentional. That's what you call set. That's what you call making a decision. You know, evangelism is not just set to a group of people. A pastor does not beget sheep. Sheep begets sheep. Are you with me? A pastor pastors the sheep. Are you with me? So what about the gifts now? What about the gifts do you know some people peddle their gifts? That's a tragedy. But today I want to pray for God to abundantly pour his spirit upon us this morning. For you to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you can do the works of God. May the Lord breathe upon us as he breathed upon his disciples and his apostles. And he said, go. And he even said to them, greater works than these shall you do. Peter's shadows healed people. Jesus' shadow didn't do anything. Hello? Is somebody listening to me? Jesus spoke to very, the biggest crowd was 5,000 people. Peter spoke to 8,000 and more. So why are you sitting on that chair and say, Pastor Tom, pray for me. Pastoral team, pray for me. It's all good. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But did you know that your good news, your good news to your neighbor, did you know that you are the bearer of good news? And good news means I will pray for you and God will do the miracle. Amen? 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 Amen. Amen. For the work of the ministry, it's not about miracles alone. It is the witness. It is talking about the kingdom of God. If you want the gift of healing and praying in tongues or prophesying or working the works of miracles or speaking the word of knowledge, this and that, all the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, if that's you today, stand up. I want to pray for the anointing of God to fall upon you right now because we need to see that happening rampantly amongst us like wildfire with people 
operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Is somebody listening to me? Now, I'm just as human as you are, perhaps the greatest sinner. Paul didn't know when he was talking about, I'm the chief among sinners, because he didn't live in the 21st century. I, I am the greatest sinner. I don't even want to recall those sins, but the grace of God touched me. So don't look at me, but just invite the Holy Spirit right now. Come Holy Spirit. Say, come Holy Spirit. Touch me now. And this is what you should do. Ask him for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Father, here's these hands lifted up. And they're asking you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So administrate. Give to them, God, as you so will. To some healing. To some prophesying. To some gifts of interpretation. To some works of miracles. To some words of knowledge. To some gifts of faith. All kinds of miracles, God, we want to see. And here are your people, God. This is your mission force, oh God. This is your mission force. Now just say, I receive. Come Holy Spirit. Fall afresh upon me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now listen to me. You may be seated. Just listen to me. Just listen to me. Some of you may feel things. And some of you may not feel anything. It doesn't matter. But if you don't exercise you will not see are you with me especially gifts like healing and miracles and gifts of faith you have to exercise it prophesying comes easier speaking in tongues may be a little bit more difficult than prophesying but it comes It'll come to any one of us. It can come at any moment when you are yearning and desiring for it. Is somebody listening? So, start yearning and desiring from this moment. Whenever you remember, say, give me, Lord. And then, you have to exercise it. Go and pray for your friends, your neighbors who are sick, and lay hands and pray. Maybe the first time they're not healed. Second time, 20th time, 160th time, maybe 187th time you'll see the healing happen. Why? We're so locked up like an old faucet or a tap and you open, rusty water comes. It's like that. And then suddenly pure water flows. It's like that. When you lay your hands, healing happens. I want us, our church, to be filled with people. But here's one danger. All gifts must be pastored. All gifts of the Holy Spirit must be pastored. Otherwise, you will become an arrogant, prideful, independent, independent spirit that will operate in you and you will do just more damage to the body of Christ than actually doing something for the body of Christ. Is somebody listening to me? And, you know, America has a tremendous gift from God. And that's the gift of pioneering. 
God has given this nation the pioneering spirit. But you flip it on the other side, the negative is independent spirit. But pioneering spirit can only happen when you are sent. Are you with me? Are you listening to me? And that's why we need, if you call this your home church, if you call this your home church, then you need to align to the vision of the church. Is somebody listening to me? Align yourself to the vision of the church. So let me go back to the stories. So this person who went to Ramu, and Ramu said, can you take me to my father? The person said to Ramu, I don't know who your father is. But I know a man who said, if you know me, you'll know my father. And he said, who? Who is he? Jesus, he said. Today, Ramu doesn't have hands to lift up to worship God, but he knows his father because Jesus came into his life. Leela said, there is no power on this planet that could transform. And this person said, Leela, there is, there is, there is. She said, who? There's the power in the cross. You know, we hear many messages on the cross, but it's old-fashioned now to talk about the power of the cross where God dealt a blow to the powers of darkness. Are you with me? Are you with me? She says, she talks about the power of the cross and the one who went to the cross. Today, Leela, her husband, and her two children worship Jesus in a church. Because somebody went. Kamala said, where is God? If God is a good God, why did this happen to me? Where is God? She said to Kamala, Kamala, God is very close to you. In fact, he's closer to you than your own very breath. And actually, Kamala, he can be inside you. And you said, Kamala, you said you can't see. You know, I know a man who said, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. She said, who? Today, Kamala, her spiritual eyes is open to see the light of the world. And she is worshiping God. Lakshmi said, I had a dream. I had a dream. And this person said to Lakshmi, Lakshmi, dream on. Dream on. It's possible, Lakshmi. I know a person who is in worse position and condition than you were. And she met a man and her life changed. And completely became a saint. Really? Who is that man? Jesus. Today, Lakshmi is married. Lakshmi married a YWAMer. She has her own children. Are you with me? I've changed her name. I know all these people personally except for Ramu and Mumtaz. Are you with me? Mumtaz said, if Allah would have mercy. This person told Mumtaz, Mumtaz, there's no speculation if Allah would have mercy. I know a person, there's a sure certainty for mercy. She said, who? Jesus. Today, Mumtaz is a Christian. I don't know about Mujib. Her two children, she said, we have people who will long to be a mother to your daughter. We have fathers who would long to be a father to your son. If Allah would have mercy. May I ask you a question? 
When was the last time you asked somebody their story? When was the last time you asked their story? Your colleague in the office, your school teacher friends, when did you ask a story? And then you say, I know a man. He changed my life. Share a 30 second testimony. And they will ask you questions. When they ask you questions, a whole life opens up. Are you with me? Don't force Jesus down. Just tell them what Jesus did for you before you can tell them what Jesus can do for them. They have to experience you first. Are you with me? There are three calls this evening, this morning, this afternoon. I don't know where I am. There are three calls. One call, God is asking the church to be ready for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because it is in the outpouring, there will be such a harvest like you've never seen before. The second call is to be set. To be set. Your intention and your purpose. Each one of you have a purpose. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 1, Jeremiah, I've called you to be a prophet to the nations. Then if you scroll in that same chapter, you will see God saying to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, even before the foundations of the earth were laid, I knew you and called you by name. I don't know how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you're 15, 16, 30s, 40s, 50s. 70s doesn't matter he says I have a purpose for you you see he didn't create you and say oh my goodness what should I do with Sam no he created a purpose and created Sam for that purpose whatever your name is God has already prepared something for you but he's preparing you for that what he has prepared for you book of Ephesians. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? This morning, this message is not for missionaries. They already know what they're doing. But this morning is a message for you. It's time. It's time. It's time. I'll close with this last thought. It's time. Every chair here represents a missionary okay call yourself whatever name you want however old you want every chair here from starting from the pastoral staff to the church staff I wish everybody would go on a mission trip not for a conductor tour but actually go and share your testimony you don't have to be an evangelist you don't have to be a teacher but go anywhere and share your testimony. If you only go, you would see God's broken heart for these people. You will see the lostness for people. I pray that everyone would have a one, short, at least a short-term missions. There are so many missionaries today visiting us from different parts. Go talk to them and say, can I come to you for a week? They'll say, yeah, it'll cost you money. Yes, save up money. You can go to Hawaii. Why can't you go for the eternal soul? One soul. One soul is all what you got to do is get them to the kingdom. 
and you've done your bit. For some of you who are ambitious, maybe 10 souls. Everyone, every single one, don't say, I don't have it in me, but you have it in you to go for a vacation. That's okay, you can. But have you ever considered going and actually seeing what it means to share your testimony?